0: A Radio 1 91FM podcast. And I have the pleasure, first and foremost, to introduce Hamish McKeach on the horn today to discuss his appointment as the principal conductor in reference for the New Zealand Symphony Orchestra. An amazing achievement that acknowledges his amazing career in both New Zealand and overseas. I could try and name all the orchestras he's played with and all the countries he's played in, but then I wouldn't really have time for the interview. Uh, And Hamish is also not a stranger to Radio 1 or Dunedin, having performed here on many occasions. Hamish, it's wonderful to have you with us today. And where are you talking to us from?
1: Hi. Yes, I'm in Wellington at
0: the moment. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Is it a nice day there?
1: Uh, it's it's, it's, believe it or not windy. So, (laughs) so uh, yeah, it's a difficult sort of um, equinox day, changing of the season. We've got a bit of wind, bit of cloud, but quite warm. How about
0: Dunedin? Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, no, it's actually quite warm today, but like warm for us is like like 19 degrees for at least an hour, like consistently. So it's
1: it's all right. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, I reckon, I reckon. Well, um, I guess congratulations uh, first and foremost. Um, how do you feel about the whole thing?
1: Well, it's great. Um, I've got a, quite a long relationship with New Zealand since New York Strip. for them for um, at least 15 or so years, and, and uh, the players feel like me, so I feel very privileged about that and very happy. And uh, this, this principle of conducting in residence is kind of like um, just um, sort of cementing that and um, Allowing me to do sort of have a bit more input uh, in, the, in certain parts of uh, the, you know, the programs and the, concert, the type of concerts and does, that sort of thing. Hmm. I'm looking forward to all that in the future, very much.
0: No, heck yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was um, I was impressed just reading sort of like the details of your career, having worked with the NZSO since 2002 and yeah. being appointed um, to the Sydney the Sydney Symphony Orchestra when you were 19. Um, yeah. I guess then. This must be quite a a, a fascinating time, looking at sort of a retrospective on your career and like how far you've come. Um, Yeah. I guess, what do you see in the future with you and the NZSO? Do you have any grand plans?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I think I want to um, take some more varied, varied, interesting programs on tour around the whole country, obviously, because New Zealand simply sort of does service, part of mandate is service in the whole country, it's the only orchestra that does that. In fact, it's the only orchestra that does that that I know of in the world. Wow. In terms of um yeah, well it's just a different um funding uh concept where you have your regional orchestras and you have a um um then the travelling orchestra which is New Sydney Orchestra. I mean Australia doesn't have that because I guess the 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 amount of travel you need between cities is too too huge. Hmm. Um and each city has a, a, a solid amount of people, you know, a good amount that, that can have their own um, own art, art um, institutions. Uh, but New Zealand will spread out you know, three, four million people spread out over the whole a whole length of the country is a, is a different proposition
2: um
1: and then de- and sort of like taking uh interesting orchestral music to different venues other than town halls possibly mm. uh we have a shed series of shed six in the waterfront in wellington that that's been very successful the last two years and we're developing that we're taking that to auckland so you know ultimately <laughs> down the line we want to we stretch it out in south island as well obviously and um you know spread the good word of interesting and, <laughs> and rather an informal concerts but not like the town hall concerts that some people may not you know feel like doing mm. um, but uh it really is it's nothing to be afraid of there's great music out there and it's a superb experience and that proved very popular especially for 20 30 40 year olds so it's slightly younger than our normal core audience
2: oh
0: wow yeah. I, I, I was going to say, because um, my dad is an absolutely huge fan of the yeah. NZSO and the right. CSO where he's from, because he's from Christchurch. Um, and every year we always buy him a CSO pass and then at any NZSO right. concerts we can get him. And yeah. uh, he wanted me to ask you a question. Um, right. And the question he had was, is that um, people have called you quite experimental and more contemporary in your approach. Yeah. Um, how do you see yourself incorporating this? Into, into the new role, because um, I mentioned to you before the interview that you did a wonderful concert with the Phoenix Foundation um, around right. New Zealand yeah. as well. Do you see, do, do you think it's really important for the NZSO to be working with um, a, you know, musicians such as this?
1: Um, it, it is. I, mean, I think collaboration is, um, is a very popular c-word uh, amongst the funding bodies at the moment. <laughs> and, yeah, and, so, uh, and collaboration can, can mean all sorts of things from different genres. Um, obviously that with the finish foundation was great within the whole music thing hmm. but they were they were happy to re re-in, reinvent how they perform their music live to let the orchestra come through and the arrangers to, to, to arrange to almost recompose their songs that we played um, so you need a group that's that flexible to make it to make it happen otherwise you don't sort of hear the orchestra very well
2: hmm. and
1: then the the great and further to that, obviously, um, multicultural uh, collaborations are really important. Um, you know, also, dance, um, you know, you know, you the, the dance—you know, the world's your oyster. It's a question of getting it together and and getting it done properly, so that both uh, mm. both sides are well represented. And in terms of the Phoenix Foundation, that they have helped tremendously, being good with great musicians and are really keen to relearn stuff.
2: Yeah,
1: mm. yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if answers the question, but. But definitely <laughs> in the future yes more collaborations that are properly done but uh, and also extending the, the um collaboration we have a, a shared concert coming up in november in wellington that we have uh, russell lauder who is an um, a, a electric oboist um, oh wow yeah well it's from wyndham hill records in the 80s uh, you know, that's sort of ambient uh new age um record label and john bassard is using the most famous composer that currently, has done for a range of the three of his tunes so we'd be doing that, and that, that sort of collaboration I really like as well. There'll be some you know, lighting effects. There'll be you know some electronics involved as well. So um, little things like that just constantly help the listeners understand that an orchestra is a living is a living unit. You know, you, it's the biggest band in the world, or oh, not the biggest band the but the biggest band you'll ever see. A you know, hundred people on stage. That that's something. It's something else. Psychic energy you get from that you'll never get from a CD. <laughs> and it's a living thing, you know. Like, so, yeah, so it's not just playing music two hundred years ago. Hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: huh, that, that's okay. what I'd like to achieve, anyway. So more, more of that um, experimenting, and you know, hopefully, hopefully, all of them will work. All experiments, <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it sounds amazing what you've got planned, or what you are thinking yeah. about. I have to admit, yes, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And at least in that capacity, I think that um intertextuality and that sort of multimedia aspect of music mm-hmm. is definitely being delved into more, especially in live performance.
1: I mean, technology is getting better, and I don't know that there's a, there's a big project being looked at. by I can't really talk about it that much, but it's about um, cool. um, sort of um, virtual reality. These concepts. So, so you know, things are getting, you know, computers really getting faster and getting faster, and you know, networks getting faster, which wow. enable these sorts of things. And I mean, it's really expensive. Um, hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, people are looking to sort of you know, extend all those sort of things for the future, which is which is you're gonna to have to. You, know, mm. don't, you don't want to miss out on those sorts of um, technological um, improvements. Yeah.
2: yeah, for sure.
0: And I think that it's, it, it's, it's nice to see that, um, like cl- that classical music is taking such a proactive approach to adopting new technologies for those purposes. And you talked mm-hmm. about the Shed series that you've been doing, which has seen success, and mm-hmm. the sort of range of music that you play there. Um, do you think that going on into the future and taking that to different cities, do you think it's any sort of association that at least New Zealanders have with certain experiences like that? Or do you think it's a pretty universal sort of... I, I,
1: I think it's pretty universal. With, with the shed series, we wanted to have a we, it's an informal type concert So there's not, there's no, there's some seating, there's a bit of you know, couches, cushions, sort um, of standing <laughs> room, leaners, and there's, there's beer and wine served, and there's food, and there's three different sets you play, um, and you're pretty close to the players as well. You know, we, we, we occupy one corner of the shed, maybe in the middle part but mm. for, for another set. So in that way. It, it breaks down a lot of barriers, and for, for New Zealanders, I think they really like that. They, they really like the informality of it. I'm guessing Australia as well. But ultimately, yeah, it's bound to be universal. I'm not sure if a shed series will go down really well in in, in Vienna, but um, in terms of they're, they they're quite happy with the uh, the quite um, sort of conservative you know ways orchestras perform. Mm. But then you got some, some contemporary groups, Clungford um, and Bean, which is like. Uh, will do those sorts of concerts and with give you content of um, contemporaries and, and the Shed series and I'm sure they get really great audiences um, as well. So I think it's pretty universal, but definitely in New Zealand and I guess in Australia if we ever get it over there uh, they will be um, yeah yeah the of it is very appealing um, you know, there's sort of there's, there's two intervals sort of in three sets, two intervals people you know, talk in the interval and then you know people listen to the music while it's being played, it's not background music Hmm. So, um and and you know, it, and it's everyone's sort of shut in this room, quite like, close to each other. You can get pretty hot and steamy in there. But it's <laughs> um it's really good. Uh good people just really responded very well to it. So I you know, I was happy about that. Yeah.
0: No, that is that is fantastic. I have to admit, yeah. and um, I, I often find myself um, in interviews like this asking questions about the uh, about the artist and their instruments that they've played in the past and how they sort of feel about it now. Um, yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you played the bassoon.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yes. yes. So uh,
0: yes. Um, a lot of people, when they sort of reach the peak um, of their of career with a, with a particular association, inevitably often look back to their original instrumentation and how they feel about it and where they want to go with that. Are we yes. going to see a phenomenal solo bassoon album <laughs> coming out in the future? If so, I'm stoked.
1: Uh, no, well, A, I don't think many people would buy a solo bassoon album. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, it wouldn't be phenomenal. I've lost all my uh, muscle memory around my lips. You know, the embouchure, the holding. Uh. Blowing the reed in my fingers. I mean, I haven't really touched it for about 13 and a half years. So, um, no, there's a short answer to that. I don't. Think, I, I wouldn't want to put anyone else listening uh, through that listen. Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, but I certainly was um, pretty obsessed about it when I was younger. Yeah, I was a one-track mind as a teenager in terms of in terms of what I wanted to do outside mm. of outside of school or, or, or university or whatever. Yeah, I was pretty obsessed about it up mm. until a certain point.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It's a pretty awesome instrument. Um, well, um, I have a unusual, friend who yeah. also wanted me to ask you that because she played the bassoon all throughout high school and then couldn't afford yeah. to buy a proper bassoon because they're really quite expensive to get a really yeah. particularly nice one.
1: Yeah, I know, it's, it's that, and that's, that, that's a difficult one because uh, yeah, the, the cheap bassoons that are like still in the four figures mm-hmm. uh, are really, really hard to play and they're not very good. So you really have to. It's tricky. You can, I mean, as a as a as a youngie, you can get your parents to hire something.
2: Hmm. um
1: hire a soon, try it out and um, that's the best way forward really because that's um, make it affordable
2: no, definitely. Uh,
1: but, when, but if you're trying to do it for a person you're looking at you know i you know, don't want to put people off but it's, but you can get a decent one for, for eight nine thousand hmm. nowadays but my one was worth about 40. um wow and and so but that's nothing compared to violin or cello i was going to say you know that's you re- you know, um it's like a cost of a house a really good instrument Mm. Um, and that's you know, hundreds of thousands. So, but you don't have to spend that much. But ultimately, as you upgrade, it, it keeps getting more,
2: you know, more expensive. Yeah. yeah.
1: But uh, if you love it, if you love it, you've got to do it. And uh, as long as you get exposed to it when you're young, and it, again, it probably brings us back to the and how we how we um, how we uh, show show young people under the age of 21, you know what we do, mm. and uh, make it make it. Um, Interesting for them. Uh, it's really important to do education and schools concerts, and, and to show there's not a bunch of old party that he's playing that they have, they have no sort of connection with, I and mean, it's really quite the opposite. And, uh, and actually, of course, kids are uh, more sort of open-minded about modern music and contemporary contemporary things uh, because they don't come with any sort of baggage particularly no, uh, in the audio. So um, yeah, that, uh, you know, it's, it's great. It's having having people coming through and be able to show them uh, some weird and interesting music and get them to go, oh, wow, you know, the is really interesting. I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> have Yeah. I can appreciate Um, I guess yeah. then to sort of finish off... Um. We we're seeing some really interesting solo artists from overseas coming through New Zealand. Um, mm. Very recently, of course, we had Yo-Yo Ma here, which yes, was very, wonderful. very amazing uh, and very yes. cool. Um, do you think that that continuing trend for appreciation of classical and perhaps seeing impressive solo artists coming through, um, you know, in the future? I don't want to mm. pressure you, but sort of like a tentative thought of involvement with them if they came through.
1: Um, yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I, I you know, looking at, I mean, we're sort of looking at. Programmes coming up in 2021, um, uh, and so we're looking at getting some good soloists, or some of the things that I'm doing anyway. Mm. Um, but certainly someone like Yo Yo Ma coming out, I mean, he's, a, he's one of the few superstars um, of the classical music. Mm. And so, yeah, that just garnered so much uh, interest, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's important for them to be able to come over. Um, and I know like I'd like them to sort of bring some really interesting conductors out, like really pre um, established uh, people in Europe who um, have a huge name and so you know that sort of thing is is, is also important but you know it's, it's basically diversification of everything it's having a artist that, you know you probably can't really afford them to have them all the time yeah. <laughs> and so and so uh, um, so yeah diversification of everything uh, is important but certainly that, those flagship people and the conference that they give is something that um, I, I uh, you know will keep going on, I hope
0: Okay. Well, I I think I can certainly say, and I think I represent at least the voices of definitely my father, and probably most of the audience, Um, very looking forward to seeing what you do in your tenure. Um, It's it's a very exciting time for the NZSO. Oh, thank you very
1: much. I'm looking forward to it as well. No, heck yeah. And see you all in Dunedin next year.
0: Surely, exactly. Honestly, you'll have to pop in say good day.
1: Yeah, sure Heck
0: heck yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Hamish. Um, Best of luck with the rest of the year and the rest of the series, Um, and enjoy your weekend, I suppose.
1: Yes, thank you very much. No worries.
0: Bye. Bye. That was Hamish. Uh, Hamish McKeach, um who is now the. Um Principal Conductor-in-Residence for the NZSO. Very exciting time for classical music in and around New Zealand. Um, There's always concerts going on. The DSO puts on some amazing performances. Um, If you're not from Dunedin, then, as Hamish said, every city, every region um, in New Zealand has an excellent, or pretty much every region has an excellent um, classical music orchestra, which you can attend their performances to. And the NZSO travels as well, as Hamish said. They service the whole country. So if you have an opportunity and you want to put yourself out there, there's often collaborations as well so it's a wonderful opportunity to develop your music taste and as also Hamish said you can appreciate other genres of music just by listening to classical music more uh, right now. That was a Radio one 91FM podcast You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found